light notes through the hourglass. These are the songs of our lives. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Songs of Our Lives. I am Brad Rose. I am a musician, a composer, a writer, the founder of Foxy Digitalis, and somebody who thinks about sound and music far more than is healthy. Each week, I invite on a guest, often a musician, but sometimes not, and we talk about songs that have kind of been with them along the way, left their mark, and all that is in between. This week, I'm excited to welcome Ryan Potts, a.k.a. Aquarelle. Um, I, it's kind of interesting that Ryan and I have been... So Aquarelle is really great, for lack of a better word, like experimental sort of drone-based um, electronic music. And, you know, we've been in the same scene or whatever you want to call it for the last, God, 15 or so years. And... You know, I think Foxy Digitalis has covered Aquarelle and like before, you know, in this the 2003 era. Also, you know, after and just somehow, you know, we and I, I think we exchanged some emails and stuff along the way, but we never really had a conversation. Um, and so this felt really, really long overdue because as we talked about at the beginning, like I think that the like people we know and stuff, it's like a perfect the Venn diagram is like a perfect circle. Um, so I was I was really excited to have him on. Um, he, he had an album that came out earlier this year, back in May, on Debacle Records called Verdant Machine, and it is I think it's one of the most underrated records of 2023. If I'm honest, because I didn't see hardly anybody talking about it, but it is a it is a wonderful record. And the thing that especially struck me uh, and, and like caught my attention is that it doesn't really sound like any other Aquarelle records, and he kind of used a different approach and anyway we we talked about that too in the episode but i when i first heard it and i, I it kind of took me aback in a really good way and i and i think it's a really brave thing to do that just like decide hey i'm gonna change it up do something different and see how it goes so anyway this episode was a ton of fun like i said long overdue and uh we recorded this on zoom last week or week four i don't know anyway um and yeah, it was great. So I hope you enjoy it. My guest today is a musician, a composer, a person. <laughs> and anyway, had and he doesn't know this, but his album cover from earlier this year is like one of my absolute favorite album covers of 2023. And I don't even know if I can explain why, um, but it is Ryan Potts. Hello. Hello. I guess I could have said Aquarelle. Maybe <laughs> that might have, I should have asked you, should I introduce you as Ryan or as Aquarelle? Both Ryan. either. Yeah. yeah. And did I pronounce that right? Or is there some weird pronunciation? That That's the way I've always pronounced it. And I've had people who speak French correct me on it. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. I, I'm not French. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apologies to the French speaking listeners who are listening to this and are deeply offended. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
So, yeah, before we get into it, I want to talk about uh, Verdant Machine because I like I've listened to your work for a long time. We've kind of it's kind of funny that this is the first time we've ever actually talked because we've sort of run in the same circle. Like, I'm sure the Venn diagram of people we know is a just perfect circle. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, for like for like 15 years or something yeah. too, like not I mean, fleeting. <laughs> right. And so I don't know how that happened, but one of the things that struck me so much about this record is, well, Hey, it's like your, it was your first one in what? Five, six years. It's been a hot six, minute. Six. Yeah. Yeah. What uh, was, so pardon me for not, were you doing other stuff in that time? Like, uh, or just kind of a little bit. I mean, I just always like, it, I, I just get so focused on just like experimenting and trying new things and scrapping 99% of, of what, you know, that's just part right. of the, that's part of the process. And then I really started working on it. Uh, yeah. Like six years ago. Wow. I mean, it's a, it, it takes a lot, you know, and then it, every piece of it just takes a lot to, to put together and make sure it's coherent to the vision that I want. So, right. Yeah. But that's, that's the, that's the fun part. It's sure. taxing, but that's, that's fun. That's why we do this. Absolutely. Yeah. Was there, so obviously one of the big things about this record that when I first heard it was, Oh shit, there's like no guitars on here. <laughs> yeah. Was, zero. That, was that a, like, I mean, when you, after, I don't know, after your last record or whatever, and when you, when you started thinking about the, like the approach and the concept for re this record, was that something very purposefully you had in mind? Like, I want to do something without guitars. Well, it was, it was pretty easy. Cause I'm a terrible guitar player. I so, feel that. So it's like, <laughs> it was, it was an easy pivot. It was really setting up a whole new, essentially like a no input mixer setup. Um, mm -hmm. And that just like was so freeing. And it was like, I don't even need, like, I don't even need this thing I can't even play. And so it was just right. like just focusing on, you know, electronics and sine waves in this mixer setup. That was that was really it was just it was just fun and freeing in, in a way that that I hadn't felt in, in a while. That's yeah, I I know that feeling. I <laughs> Guitar was my first instrument. It's like the one I played the longest and I feel like it's the one I'm the worst at. So I don't know how that happens, but um, yeah. <laughs> um i get so the other thing i want to ask about too like i mentioned in the intro is the the cover like i don't know why i love this cover so much like <laughs> i uh sam from debacle sent me a copy of the record and i seriously want to put it on my wall can, me too. Can, you, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> can you tell me just tell me a bit about the cover like who yeah. did the cover and like all the all the nitty-gritty details yeah i mean it, it's it's funny it's actually a really quick sort of funny story um i love album covers and i spend like once once a record is sort of in its form i mean i spend so much time just thinking about it trying to do research find art just um and this actually came from an instagram account i follow and it oh, says nice. i don't know who this is i don't I, I have no idea but they essentially take they, they live in Japan and they take uh -huh. photos of just essentially like stuff you would ignore stuff in an alley, but has just various color patterns and weird symmetries. And I just, I, I love that shit. And yeah. I was just always taken by it. And so I found this one. I mean, there's so many amazing images on there. Found this one, emailed them explaining my whole thing it was like really like it was really over the top like how much i love it how it connects with what i feel like i'm doing and it was like 
just a few word response. Yes, no English. And then they sent me a high res high res version wow. of that. And that was it. It was just like, that's amazing. Yes, no English. Here you go. I was like, wow, so incredible. Like, didn't ask for anything. Like, it was just oh my like, God. yeah, it was, it was, I felt like so lucky to have that like happen. So it's so good. I don't even, and there's something about like that, like blues and yellows together for what is a very, I can't even really explain it. I don't know. It's like a thing that just, I have this sort of visceral reaction to of like, I'm drawn to. But I feel like it just encapsulates the music so well in an unexpected way. It's yeah. It sounds like it's like serendipity, basically. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That that's how I felt, and I was just like so ecstatic because I just felt yeah, like again, like it just connected to what I was doing, and it just made sense in a way I could never describe, but I feel mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> usually the best, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I feel like that's. I mean, that's often a way that I experience like most music and art. And it's, I mean, obviously as some, you know, I have a website where my entire thing is telling people is explaining why I like something, but most it's just, I've had people ask me, they're like, you know, what, what is your philosophy? And it's like, I don't know, man, it's just vibes. It's literally just, the, it's like, and trying to then put words to those vibes. But I literally like, you know, why does one thing, and, and that's, I mean, that's kind of the beauty of this podcast is like, cause to hear the context behind things, it's like this album means a lot because a, B and C that have nothing to do with it directly, you know? Exactly. And exactly. That's, and so, yeah, I don't know. Well, I really, really like the record. I'm excited. Like I said, I was, I'm always excited when somebody like somebody's work who I know, and then something comes out and it's like, Whoa, wait a minute this is something else um i think that's always kind of a i don't know i think it's kind of a it can be a scary thing to do um yeah. but that's kind of a big part of why we do it right the point. <laughs> yeah exactly well thank you thank you Appreciate so it. um i guess so hopefully it won't be another five six years before the next one but we'll see never know you know yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean sometimes these things it's like we've all been there where it's like in a you have this two month period where it's like well okay here it is it's i finished this thing because exactly just exactly yeah uh, yeah all right well let's get into the meat of this why everybody's here i don't know why everybody's here but um i know why i'm here because uh, i invented this thing so uh let's, but let's do it let's go all the way back ryan let's go all the way back first song you remember got to be got to be the ghostbusters theme yeah. ray parker jr I, I it was like honestly one of the only cassettes i owned when i was young and it was the only song on the cassette that i listened to just over and over yeah again. and it's like yeah it, you, you know it's just like it it it's just makes no sense <laughs> but, but, but it, it and i sort of i sort of love it it's just you're a kid and you're just Full of emotion that you can't describe and it's like no i get this and i feel like that's right. been a thread through my whole life and it just starts so young when you don't have any language to describe what you're feeling but you're like this, this shit's good this, i'm in yeah it. <laughs> i think it's so interesting like f the first things i remember too is, were soundtracks for me it was like la bamba and top gun and footloose and i've talked to a lot of people like i don't 
it's so interesting how I don't know, like soundtracks were I feel like they were like a different thing then. Yeah. <laughs> like, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Ghostbusters, I remember uh so my kid's ten, so this must have been like six, seven years ago. It's when she was like before she was in like kindergarten and stuff when she was in daycare and somehow they she learned this song at daycare and for i don't know two months straight constantly would like like she'd be sitting on the toilet or something and you would just hear who you gonna call (laughs) and i know that line it's just indelible like you can't you can't get it out of your head yeah 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 i mean it's one of those things you could walk into a room and just like yell that and 90 percent of the room is gonna know exactly what you're doing i know i know it's incredible yeah it sticks with you yeah, that's I I love it. And, and I mean, and the song itself is a banger. Like it's the totally. line is so fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> okay. Anyway, I'm gonna have it stuck in my head now, probably for a hot minute. Me, me, me too. <laughs> um. Okay. Do you do you consider yourself much of a crier? You cry very often. Uh, n- no. Honestly, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think I mean I think a lot of people that I talk to are that way, but music can have the effect on us to make us feel things that we maybe don't want to. Um, What's a song that will often either make you cry or make you feel, you know, kind of feel those emotions that even if you're not actually crying, it's in that zone. Yeah. Well, this, this, uh, this would have been my answer anyway, but especially after Brian McBride passing, Mm earlier this year it's stars of the lid requiem for dying mothers part one and two um just 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 devastating and beautiful and haunting and i was able to tell adam who's you know second half of the duo a couple times Mm -hmm. just how much this music meant to me and how deeply i felt it Mm -hmm. but i was never able to tell brian and it sort of disappoints me because it's like just so much so much love for it and so moving and just matters so much to me and so yeah this was an easy one stars of the lid the yeah um um he when he got when he passed away this year that was so you know like certain i i you know, i mean death is sad <laughs> profound thoughts here for me but like certain deaths like hit harder especially yes. like and when when yes like a it was you know unexpected and b at least to me i don't you know maybe people who knew like i, I don't know the circumstance not my right yeah know, but like when it's somebody who you know as we talked about you and i kind of in this same scene and as far as this whatever this scene experimental ambient drone whatever you want to call it like stars of the lid are one of the most like so many of us wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't it's, for stars of the Lead. yeah it's a hall, hallmark of just everything like mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it, it really is like it, it's like and so many people try to replicate it and just can't and will never there's just right. something like you can't it's magic you know yeah I, that's always one of the things that's such a good point because there are and there's a lot of music that you know people try to replicate or in this vein that's good and like that i like but none of it hack it just doesn't have i and i and this you know like we were talking about i can't 
I don't know that I have the words for what that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, ex exactly, exactly. Um, but what... yeah, these these pieces, like in particular, too, are just oh my god. The I, there's just something about the like I don't know the chord progressions or something like the arrangement of it that yeah, and like, just and just the pacing, the pacing of it too, yeah. and it's just like how how patient but powerful yeah. it is. Like it's just. Yeah. And, yeah, and it, I feel like they there's it's like on this edge of it's like triumphant but soul destroyed. Like it's Yeah. and and they somehow walk this line that again, it feels impossible. And I think part of what makes cuz this song makes me feel a lot of feelings. Um and it's because there are these two like huge emotions on sort of either side of it. And it's it's just it's so intense. Oh, it's yeah amazing song and, and somehow somehow part two ending like with a dog whimpering oh. it's like it always sticks out but it's like it's like yeah, yeah that makes sense yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know it's like you hear that's like i feel it too buddy yeah. <laughs> no i know yeah oh that's uh, yeah so yeah rest in peace brian mcbride one of the all indeed indeed well, let's try to let's let's brighten things up here a little bit. Um, what's the song that always puts you in a better mood? The, the Ronettes, "Baby, I Love You." Just yeah. like, just I mean, Ronnie has the best voice of all time in recorded mm -hmm. music, at least. But I just, I mean, I love the Ronettes in general, but this song in particular, it's mm -hmm. it, you cannot deny the power and energy in the tone. I mean, I love I love a lot of girl group stuff, but it's like mm -hmm. this is like this is the the crowning achievement of that era, in my opinion. Totally it's just yeah, I totally agree. God, I just it's even even just even just thinking or seeing those words like Thronets, baby. It's like <laughs> yeah. it just has it. Like I can't I can't deny it. Like we were just talking about like really depressive and it's like i'm in a completely different space now and i'm not even listening to it right <laughs> that's yeah. how powerful it is it's so, there's something yeah there's so there's something to be said about a piece of music that yeah you don't have to hear a note of it you just see the words and you you feel that what that song gives you immediately yeah, yeah. um and yeah her voice oh my god one of like one of the greatest voices ever and god one of the like most tragic fucking stories ever. yes like, yes i know her like her biography is just like harrowing like just just insane stuff like yeah but, yeah but moments of magic along the way absolutely I guess, absolutely um, yeah god i and i love that stuff too like the like 50s, 60s girl groups. Oh my God. Just yeah. it's some of the greatest music ever made. I mean, yes. Yeah. It, and just, I, it will never be done again for a million reasons. And it's like, so I'm just, you got to cherish those records and those 45s. It's like, absolutely, yes, absolutely. Well, I feel like you could have picked this song for the next question um, and would have been like, yeah, I have no arguments here, but you didn't. So what is objectively the best song of all time? <laughs> you 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 are right. I definitely like. I I wrote this one down really early, and I was like, "Wow, it could the Ronettes could be any one of you." But yeah, this I I didn't expect to land here honestly, and this was one of the hardest hardest ones to kind of come up with. But I I have to go with Tony Conrad for violins, mm -hmm. and maybe it's a cheat code because it's like it's a whole record, and I often think 
of in terms of you know records and not necessarily right. same but, but just the like the the purity of vision and execution unparalleled mm-hmm. and and like mm-hmm. it just links up to so many other passions of mine obviously like you know the the minimalism angle strings but also like the velvet underground connection and like the mm-hmm. nascent energy of rock and roll with with violins i mean which right. is like <laughs> like i think i think if people see you know four violins it's like their mind would go totally different to what the music actually oh, is yeah. just just a roaring thunderous like unrelenting just statement and it's just Mm -hmm. it's it's what like i used to (laughs) before before i i used to have a joke um where it's like before i owned a house i was like well people clearly probably just buy houses so they can blast four violins (laughs) as loud as they can instead of an apartment where you have to do like honestly like i was like because it's like it's like yeah you you need you need that volume and force and it's like yeah it's amazing unbelievable um, yeah i no i can't argue that i like one of my uh, i I, I wouldn't know if this is my favorite memories but like i had this experience i don't know how many years ago it was now five six years ago um, I had a friend in town, and his dad was like this ridiculous auto audiophile, which I'm not an audiophile at all. But this, he had, you know, he's like, he his dad was one of these people who had like hundred thousand dollar speakers or some shit. Yeah. Um, and so he, my friend, was like, "Hey, gonna go over to my dad's house and listen to records and drink some beers. Like, do you want to come? Like, bring a couple records and we'll play them on the system." And I was like, "Okay, do you like you know?" And of course, everybody, a couple other people came, and everybody brought you know, pretty straightforward stuff. So like I showed up with a copy of, I brought rainbow and curved air by Terry Riley and and four violins. (laughs) (laughs) And I I remember like I put, I, he was, went to put this on and everybody, he was like, Oh, is this some kind of classical that like, cause that's what people, that's where people go. Yeah. And I was like, not exactly. I was like, and he goes, but I was like, just turn it up as loud as you are willing. And it like the whole, and, you know, he has this, he had this really nice room. It was all, it felt very strange. I felt very out of my element to be honest, but it was <laughs> incredible. Like the way that, you know, you know, you think of that picture from the eighties, what is like the Max L thing of like the guy in the chair with the like, when yes. like, yes, that's how it felt <laughs> like, cause it was so intense. And, and I think we only, I think he only left it up really loud for a very short period of time. It was like, okay, this is, like what the fuck are you doing um and it was oh my god it was it was like a religious experience <laughs> yeah yeah exactly there's something i mean volume in the right music it's like yeah there is nothing better <laughs> yeah like... I, I i yeah i think it's such i you know why like one of the sort of when i think of volume as an instrument like one of the main people i go to is phil kneeblock who any he had he did there was a we had it he it wasn't really it's weird to call his stuff performance i know yeah yeah i think more of his installation and and in this case there was an inst like my a buddy of mine um did this installation of a field knee block piece here in tulsa and it was in like one of the museums in town had a gallery space downtown and like above it there were some of their offices and phil when he he was like yeah you know of course we'll do it you know it's whatever and but he sent instructions of like you know here's where the speakers are placed 
here's the decibel level of each speaker. And it was fucking banana. And I think the first day, like the complaints, because it was just supposed to be on during the day. (laughs) And it was so, I mean, even, you know, walk, it was so loud. And then he did a, like for the opening, he did a performance that was actually at this museum. It was just the same museum actually where I just did a sound installation, but mine was outside. And, but I mean, it's like a very, like classical art museum, you know, it's in this old 20s, huge mansion. Like, I mean, it's a cool museum, but it was not the place you'd expect Phil Neal. Yeah, and he, no kidding. I mean, I, I, I saw I saw him. It had to be at least 15 years ago. And it was in like some like university basement. Yeah. Like it wasn't even like a like so that like, that's a <laughs> just totally different context right. than like an actual like. And the and and people like so there was like a handful of people there who were there who knew who Filney Block was and were there for that, but most of it was just like museum patrons. Yeah. And people were just like, uh, what the hell is and and Phil wanted it louder. Like he was just like, This isn't loud enough. And it was deafening. It was <laughs> it was Yeah. So I don't know what that has to do with Tony Conrad, but it's, like no, for, it, a lot of overlap. Yeah. I feel <laughs> yeah, like they are cut from the same cloth. Um, but yeah, Tony Conrad and he, Tony Conrad is one of the first sort of quote unquote minimalists I ever heard of. I remember I used to read that it was a Yakuza magazine it was a zine back in the nineties. And that's like where I first read about Lauren Connors and like, yeah. but there was one, I, I think there was one issue that came with like a CD and it had pieces from, and it had, and I'd never had no idea. I was like 15, had no idea who Tony Conrad was. And I don't remember what the piece was. I'd have to look up, but it was it was just like, whoa, this is nothing I've ever heard. And then eventually coming to Four Violins, it was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, and, so, and so, so much of that era, you know, it's like I was like, you know, buying books, checking out books. But this is like pre-YouTube. Like so much right. of it, so much of it I couldn't actually hear or find. Right. And so it's just like you're, you know, reading and just delving into this and like, finding snippets on, on weird online areas when you can, but it's like your imagination just like from yeah. reading like a description of like what it is or the process or the approach. It's like, it's like amazing how like your mind fills in these blanks. And then I explicitly remember with four violins after like thinking I knew what it was and then like finally hearing it, it was just like, <laughs> this is a completely different animal that's, so like so like animalistic in a way. Yeah. Like like I was not I was not ready for it and it was instant love. <laughs> yeah. That's oh I yeah, I I love this pick. That's such a I could talk about this stuff all for a long time, but we should probably move on. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. you know, people got things to do. Um, <laughs> well, what 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 is the song that you used to love but now you like listen to it and does not so much? Uh I mean, you know. Nine Inch Nails in general, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but specifically the first the first track on the Fragile, somewhat damaged. I was always a huge fan of the Fragile. It was like it's like my my favorite of Reznor's <laughs> work. But it's just like it's just a little it's just a little too cheesy, and it's just a little too much. And I just like can never listen to it in earnest anymore and it's like again like i think he's got a great vision it's just like Mm -hmm. it was a certain time and place for me you know as a teenager right and it's just it just doesn't doesn't work doesn't work for 
<laughs> yeah, I, God, I hadn't listened to this in so long, and it's like he's such a drama queen. Yes, exactly, exactly. And and, I'm, and 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 don't get me wrong, like I am attracted to that kind of thing, and so, like I don't know. There's different ways of going about, and on this podcast and other podcasts, I'm a big advocate for being earnest and like being vulnerable and like be like whimsy and all of these things as being like really powerful things. But like, I don't know. This is a great example of why that's so hard to do because it can go, it can go over the cliff really fast. Yeah. And it's like, it's funny because on the, on the other side of the fragile, it's like, you know, that single like star fuckers. And it's like, even then I was like, this is this is not good. Like, even as a teenager, and it's funny that it's just like sort of bled all over a lot of right. his other work. Where I'm like, it just doesn't. It's just yeah, drama and like sort of unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, and I want. I was. I'm, this is just coming to me. I'm like, is it? I wonder if part of it is just like his delivery hit. Because so thinking about the song, hurt. And you know, obviously, like the Johnny Cash version is kind of the most famous version at this point. Yes. Yeah. And it. Like the the nine inch nails version of it, again, it kind of feels the same way. Like it's too like on the nose. It's too like yeah. But yeah. like the Johnny Cash version does like and, and maybe it's because I like Johnny Cash is I mean it's Johnny Cash and it, it's way more understated, like with the way it's sung and the way so I don't know. I'm just like thinking out loud here, but because uh, it I'm like, maybe it's just something about Reznor's. Yeah. <laughs> like, that yeah. doesn't do it for me. I don't know. Yeah. And I, and I think a lot of like the production and the details and the layers, like, especially of that era, it's like, it's some, it's still some pretty, pretty yeah. great stuff, like aesthetically. But yeah, his voice and words and delivery. And it's just like, it just doesn't, it just doesn't work for me anymore. Yeah. yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Um, I, kind of makes me like i want to hear like an instrumental version of the frank yeah, of this right. stuff but, but it's like that'd probably be fucking awesome um, <laughs> um well on kind of maybe not the flip side but related what's a song that most people or some somebody some group of people people hate people don't like it it's not really revered but you don't care you love it anyway well this this one is uh is very specific to to my house and what i can play when my I, wife is around specifically but um know that feeling. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, times new viking off the wall oh. i i this this their record rip it off is still it's got to be like top 20 all time for me oh i with abs- you. i absolutely like it's and it's like it's so damaged and poorly recorded and that makes it all the better just the impact and like how insane especially this song like how oh insanely God. treble heavy the guitars right. are it's just like it's just it's so incredible and it's like and then to like bury like honestly like classic like again like 60s girl group melody yeah. in there amongst the noise and hiss and chaos of the recording it's 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 like it's genius yeah i don't know like one of the things that i was and this song is like the height of that how they are able to take something that is like so abrasive and seemingly unlistenable and make it like this catchy engaging just so like th- like 
it doesn't make sense. No, no, it doesn't. Um, it doesn't at all. And and I find me in the right mood, and that's I honestly I'd be willing to. I'm like willing to entertain the entertain the argument that like Times New Viking is the greatest indie band of all time. Like greatest. Like, I love it. Rock, but, I like, love they're it. They're so I, good. Yeah, I, I interviewed uh, Beth, who's like the the main vocalist, like right as as this came out. And oh, wow. I, just, I don't even know if I could call it an interview. I was just like <laughs> fawning over like and like trying to get morsels of like how they did this. Like yeah. what was the and she, she of course, is, was just like totally nonchalant about right. it. It's just like, you do. know, we just like got to get you know, in a basement. Right? It's like, no, this is like this is this is amazing. Amazing. This, yeah, They're, they are. God. And I think speaking of bands, I wish would like there would be like a surprise new album from or something like yeah you know I, I maybe i'm wrong but i feel like there was whispers of that like a year or two ago and then like i remember googling after the fact and i like yeah it was just i, I couldn't find see, anything i thought the same thing i don't know i thought it, i thought i heard something earlier this year and i was when i was prepping for this i was again i was searching googling it like looking on twitter nothing so yeah. apparently there's some weird cosmic force at work here for those of us who are obsessed with Times New Viking that sends us like prods every so often of like, hey, and we think it's real. And maybe and maybe that means eventually it will be real. But I um, hope so. I can hope. God. But we have yeah. this song, we have this record and have just, record. just just can't listen to it with other people around my house. And that's fine. Yeah, I you know, that's yeah. You know, we all have to make sacrifices. It's okay. Exactly. Um, well, are you um, are you a romantic? Do you think of yourself as a romantic? <laughs> no one's ever asked me that question. <laughs> First of all, um, God, I, I, let's let's go with let's go with maybe. Okay, it's fair. You know, I. I I like to think of myself as a romantic, but I don't know that anybody else would agree. That's the way I th- look. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, well, what do you think is the most romantic song then? Uh, it's I. Luckily, I made this choice. I got married to my wife when I was young. We were both like twenty three, and hey, we really oh yeah. I, I was I was twenty four. She was twenty three, and it was yeah. We've been married for twenty years. Yeah, yeah, we've been married fifteen now yeah. as of this this month, which is crazy. But yeah. we we were young and we chose our first dance song as James Brown "Try Me," and to this day, I'm like, this is the best song we could have picked. And it's it's you know he's known obviously for a lot of flash and funk, but goddamn the yearning in his voice. It just like every syllable is just like trembling with it's just it's it's amazing amazing just just absolutely perfect and yeah yeah, it's it just encapsulates everything and just like just what it is to to love and to Mm -hmm. just to yearn and to feel that romance and be just swept away with it just just awesome James yeah Oh my God. Yeah. No, I, I, that was one of my notes on here is that like this side of James Brown gets way less attention, but I love it so much. Yeah. I love, yeah. And I think, I mean, everybody recognizes like the James Brown is one of like the greatest of all time, 
but not for this. Like, this is part of why. To me, yeah, it's because he could exactly like, yeah, he could do the flash in the like pure energy and better than anybody probably yes. ever has. Yes. Um, but he could also do this almost better than anybody. Yeah, <laughs> and that's it's like it's like this, it's almost not fair. Right. Like, <laughs> other singer, it's like, come on, like, dude. yeah, that whenever I remember we were, it was at my last job. We, we always have, you know, fucking icebreakers and shit at meetings before. And I hate that shit. But one of them was likewise. Yeah, it's the worst. But one of them was yeah. like, if you could see any performer, like any live performer, live, like living or dead, like who would it be? And my answer for that question is always James Brown. Like I never yeah. saw James Brown. And I got just like to see James Brown at his peak. I can't even imagine. There's can't probably was nothing like it ever in the history of the world. No. <laughs> and what's, and you say peak and it's like, he had several well, <laughs> peaks, you know, right. it's like, which is, right. which is like wild. Yeah. 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 Oh God. No, I'm, I was really, I was really glad you picked this. Cause I don't like, I, yeah, I just don't feel hear people talking about James Brown's sort of softer side yeah it's, it's i know and it's like obviously it means so much to me but it's like yeah i've, I've i have no idea really how popular this song is how much people <laughs> play it. it's like i don't even know but it's like yeah amazing yeah so good um well what's a song that for better or worse changed your perspective on an artist um so i've i've lived most of my adult life in minnesota minneapolis st paul in you know Low is from Duluth, and mm. I honestly like I never got it. I never got it. I even like I loved you know Cranky when they're putting out mm -hmm. like everything in their catalog. Could never get into Low, but man, Low Quorum, the first track on Double Negative, <laughs> that that changed everything for me. I mean that that was my favorite album of that year. Just amazing ability to like to really pick apart their sound and honestly it, it it blew me away and it's like it was one of those things where it's like i remember first listening to it it's like i was never gonna check it out but somebody somewhere was like describing it as like you know my bloody valentine meets ian william mm -hmm. craig in like a you know a, a feedback storm or whatever and i'm just like what like, that sounds amazing yeah exactly <laughs> and then like it, it was like immediately i was like this is music i always like imagined and wanted to hear but like could never find it to that mm -hmm. extreme like like right. it's you know it's like it, it, yeah and they yeah it i mean i cannot say enough great things about really their last two two records um amazing i'm so glad to hear somebody else say so i i talked about this on a recent episode um the one with natasha pickawicks and low his was for the longest time was i had similar experience like it was this, this band that like everybody i knew loved them and i i tried to get but it was also like part of it too was it eventually got to the point where it just felt so overwhelming because there was so much and they were so low. It was like, I don't know where to start. I don't know how to even approach this. And because every time I did, it was like, it just, I had the same, like it didn't quite land. And then I just kind of gave up and just was accepted. Like this isn't for me. And so, I mean, this was a couple months ago. Now this is where it she picked um, days like these, which I think was off yes. their 
not this record, but the one after it, I think maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, what? Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> holy shit. It utter, like, it, it all, like, and it's, it, I don't have the words for it. And so then you pick this, and like, I had, after that episode, I had kind of started digging more into low. And this song, it had the same, like, days like the, like, there, it's so, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it really, it really is. It really is. And it's like, I, it, it really blew me away. I mean, it completely, I cannot think of a more dramatic, like 180. I took yeah. like, like, in the, you know, it, I mean, being like, I've seen them just on other bills shows and honestly, like bored the shit out of me, like seeing them live. Like I'm talking like 20, 15 years yeah. ago. And then like to put out something like this, like this far into their career, that's just like totally just bold. Like I, 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 it's, it's really, I mean, that's what, that's what artists and people should do, you know, yeah. remain curious, see what happens. Even when honestly, it's like, sort of makes no sense. Like, right. Right. Like, <laughs> like they're known for their, like, you know, their vocal harmonies. And then it's like, no, what if we just crush this to dust and yeah. like recast it in this, like, it, it's uh, just amazing. I, I, yeah. I mean, that, and that's, <clears throat> That's what I love about like the, these later albums is yeah the sort of recontextualizing of those harmonies of like on days like these it's just like oh we're still gonna do them but we're gonna put so much fucking distortion oh. on it that it's just gonna like it I don't even know like it's just it's it's this like living thing it because it's so uh, and this yeah like there's this one to me it feels like it's like ghostly and like it's like these voices are coming from beyond or something which of course like now takes on this whole other exactly yeah. like it's so much and it's so oh my god it's just like it's so heavy and just so stunning ah so good. and yeah. it's like and it's like amongst all that it's like so, like really like amazing like just songwriting too. right like, <laughs> like real like real melodies that that like get caught in your head amongst all like the sonic chaos yeah. that's just flying around it it's it's uh yeah, I love yeah. love the vision of it. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Um, all right, do you? So obviously, you and I both make music that is generally instrumental. Yeah. But um, do you, are you a, are you a lyrics person? Like, I mean, do you pay attention to lyrics very much? It's, it's, it's funny. Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> to, to be honest with you, to be honest with you, unless it's totally taking me out or distracting me, like it's if it's so over the top, but no i've always uh, i've all i've always been that way it's like i i it's like if i want to hear words in a certain way i can read poetry it's like i want music for for something else but so yeah but, so what are your favorite but what are your favorite lyrics like you have to choose um well it, it, it's it, it, i yeah uh joanna newsome and honestly i could have picked a number of her songs but i chose for this uh sawdust and diamonds and and again it's not it's not just it's almost like more the way she like untangles emotion and meaning from the way she's singing too like mm -hmm. it's just like so so unique and it's like i was even trying to like pick out like certain lines from the song because it's like i mean it's it's extensive but it's like yeah. nine minutes so right. you know it just like her tumbling through these uh, just 
really evocative words and it's like the way she rhymes and then like doesn't really repeat and it just keeps flowing it's just it's it's like talk about like a unique yeah. a unique musician i mean I, I i i was lucky enough to like see her on her first u.s tour which i think was 20 or oh three maybe early oh four wow. um yeah and it was just like it was honestly just like okay this is this is this is special and undeniable and something i'm gonna carry mm -hmm. for the rest of my life so yeah she's um well i've made no secret on this spot like one of my absolute favorite artists in the world i think she's um i think she's just so there's nobody it's and it's hard to say that like in 2023 like i mean there's so much music there's so much there's nobody like joanne Newsom. no nobody no. Like yeah. not even close. Like, um, but yeah, this song. I and I said this on Twitter. Like, I've recorded a couple of these this week, and somebody else picked this song. This song is <laughs> like, and like I said, everyone's trying to kill me because this song. <laughs> no. It no. is. It is. I mean, it like when you when you say something like a piece of music is a work of art. Like this is a work of art. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Um. Yeah. And God. And if. And I, maybe I'll put it in the playlist. Like there's this live version from 2011, which I shared this on Twitter today, but it's the, it is one of the most incredible things you will ever see. Like, because like technically this song is, seems impossible. The like, the, yes. Yeah. And, and when you watch her play it, it's just, holy, but then, and that's just the instrumental part. And then you add in the melody, like, and again, like you said, it doesn't repeat. It is, I mean, it is, it takes you on this sort of, it's like got this strange sort of snaking arrangement and it's sort of like you just, to me, this song is like, you feel like sort of lost and adrift in these emotions that are so big and so much that you don't think you can handle them. But like she, you can <laughs> like, um, and yeah, I, but that performance of it, oh my God. And there's this, there's this moment in it. Well, it's the lyric. It's like the uh, I can't remember the exact one, but it's something about like the dot, like the way the breaks in the way or the troughs of the waves, and and some I can't remember the line. I yeah, just, but yeah. she like she sings it, and then she kind of looks off into the distance. <laughs> and every time, like if I watch, like even thinking about it, it makes me emotional because it's so intense. <laughs> oh, and she God. she. She really feels it. Like I, I don't know if I've ever seen a musician live like be and not just once, several times, like be so openly like emotional. It's almost it's almost like <laughs> yeah. it's almost like she's unearthing something with her playing that like she is moved by just because it's like so much beyond right. her. Like it's like it's like mm -hmm. bigger than you know the harp mm -hmm. she's playing and the words she's saying and her amazing but it's just like and it's like even she can't help but be right. <laughs> right which is like actually sort of amazing yeah oh god i i love yeah and like like there are so many of her songs that could be i mean her lyrics are great and i mean her music's great she's i don't know it's i think she may be the artist that has come up the most on this podcast so far that is i've noticed that's that's actually very cool i like i wouldn't have expected that honestly yeah. but it's like it just it's like sweeps through so many different like and it's like i don't even really you know i don't like 
I don't like it. she's not folk music, but she's not like it's like what what is it? She just like <laughs> flows in this like weird area that just like so many people just get, which is yeah. very cool. Like yeah, yeah. Huh. I hope I don't. But please, God, nobody pick a joint or do some song for a little while. I you can't take it. You can't I can't. Yeah. I can't take it. Um, but God, I hope she has a new album come out next. I know. My dream. I've. People keep asking me because you know I'm like a quote unquote music journalist. Like, oh, do you know? Any? I'm like, I don't know anything. I know nothing. I'm just. She played a show earlier this year where she played a bunch of new songs with That's the with the, with the Fleet Foxes guy, right? Like, just surprise opener. Yeah, right? like, yeah, like, yeah. So, I, so this there's there's. I mean, I can't. I mean, it must take so long for her. I mean, and, and that, you know, talking about artists who kind of. Like every one of her albums, like they're her, but they're all different. Like she yeah, kind yeah. of reinvents herself every time, which again, I don't, oh, I don't understand. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm going to stop talking about Joanna Newsom because I could talk about Joanna Newsom all day. Yeah. Like, That'd be like, weird. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, sort of awesome, but yeah, weird yeah. in terms of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's the Joanna Newsom podcast. Yeah. Which should exist, actually. It should, actually. That would be... Hmm. Okay. Don't need yeah. any new podcast. <laughs> right. Well, let's go on to happier things. And Good. let's talk about what song you have or can listen to the most. Uh, Benaz, Endless Summer, the, yeah. the, the title track. I mean, what a song. What a song. I mean, it, the, just like... It, it, yeah. It's like... Especially, it's like... I think it's like i don't know 45 50 seconds in when like the first like just fizzy filtered guitar strum comes it's like it's yeah. like i mean it's one of the most like amazing sounds that i think and it honestly has like predictably like really shaped like like my creative desires and like my work <laughs> on, on music which is obviously like it's just apparent like it's yeah. just it is what it is but right. <laughs> but it's just like yeah it's just like listening to that it's just like it's so intuitive and it makes so much sense yeah and like it's just it's in it it also melds again like two worlds that i love where it's like that like rich layered pop music with just sounds like so corrupted and manipulated mm-hmm. and just but it comes out so natural, especially in that that song. It's just like, yeah. it's just it's 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 beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. God, it, no, finesse like two thousands finesse man. That was a uh, like between like in the summer and Venice and Black Sea and like, yeah, <laughs> what a run. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, I mean, it, it actually, it meant so, like, I, for a long time, pursued, like, music writing, like, mm-hmm. especially in my younger years, and, like, I was naive enough to, like, to submit. God, what an idiot, Ryan. Why would no, anybody just, do that? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm getting, kidding. I'm getting to the naive part. No, I, I submitted, like, a really extensive, um, like, proposal to 33 and a third, like, the books uh-huh. on Endless Summer. Like, that would, like, that would ever happen and get made. Like, but I was just like, no, man, like, I got I would read I gotta, the shit out of it. I know. I was oh. like, I got to I got to try. I got to try to do it. I feel like now th- there would be a better chance that happening. Cause like this album has become like, I don't know. I feel like it's, 
That's interesting. I wonder, like, I wonder I, if, if I saw like next year, you know, they announced like, Oh, here's our next slate of books. And there was one on endless summer. Like it wouldn't, I wouldn't go like, Holy shit. I'd be like, Oh, cool. Like, okay. Okay. I mean, this, so was, this was maybe years you were ahead of your time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It's so good. It's, yeah, that's this is like one of those out al- those albums that like it'll never get old. It'll, I will no. never tire of it. Oh. I will always like anytime I put it on, I will just be in love with it. And yeah, it's, it's, and so. I still like. I feel like there's been a few reissues, and I literally have like the double vinyl, the original just single LP, and then like three different CD versions. I'm just like I, I just want it. I want more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Give me all the endless. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Keep it coming. Um, well, moving to more current times, what's the last song that you completely fell in love with? Um, I mean, so much music, like so yeah. much, so much, so much. But what immediately came to mind, even though it's like a few years old at this point, um, but I still listen to it all the time. Uh, Headroom, How to Grow Evil Flowers, just the first track. I mean, I mean, this like talk about just like a vision and execution, just yeah. like and I've like I've always loved just the raw austerity of of feedback, honestly. Mm-hmm. And like in Chrissy as the lead guitarist and, and writer of this just like stays there the whole mm-hmm. time, 10 minutes over and over and just mm-hmm. like keeps weaving in different textures. And it's like it's it's so it's and it's like and it's it's like yes like you yeah. don't you don't you don't need you don't need more you don't just stay no. in that one place and just just let it wash over me well, and and, I, and and it feel to me it's like being able to do that is way more difficult and <laughs> yes like going other yeah. i mean that's and can we just like have a quick conversation about how Chrissy is one of the best fucking guitarists on the yes. planet? Yes, it's not. It's like, honestly, it's like, yeah, it's like, and I don't know what it, I. No arguments <laughs> for me. <laughs> it's God, like, she's the, so the, she's and so it's good. like, and it's so, it's so, so unique too. Yes. Like it's, it's just like, it's like instantly you know it. It's just that like warped, like feedback that you can just just like hits you in the perfect way it's like yeah i god i have a friend here who i play music with and he he actually went to school with her like in college i think he was a couple years ahead and he was telling me when she came in everyone was just like oh shit yeah she's like better than all of us (laughs) like she was like it was immediate from the beginning that she was on something else yes and you know like, um, he, he was right, he was right. yeah but. she's so uh, yeah she's one of those people i like i don't know and maybe you know as somebody who's ostensibly a music journalist maybe i should be aware of these things but i feel like she does not get anywhere near the credit like or adulation that she should but, well did, and did you did you interview her and she was like yeah not not really not really working on any headroom stuff right now yeah it's just like, and i was like no but that no. was like that was like a year year and a half ago so maybe okay. things have changed okay. let's hope okay I'll, there's hope there's hope yeah whenever i post this episode i'll tag her in it and be like hey you came up please. we need some answers <laughs> yeah exactly please do yeah. all right well we're in the home stretch two big questions left First, what is the song that means the most to you? And not necessarily it's because of the song, but you associate it with something or someone or an experience, and it's just super important to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is uh, 
Spaceman 3 so hot um, off of playing with fire. Um, and it's it's like it's a pretty it's a pretty languid, depressive mm -hmm. song, but I I started I mean amazing piece of work. <laughs> but um <laughs> but um I started singing it to my son when he was like two months old. And I was like, again, very, very very sad language in it. But and I was like always to myself, it's like, well, once once he can understand words, I'll just switch to a different song. You know, mm -hmm. and it's like, and now he's almost, he's almost eight, and I still sing it to him every single night. He's oh, got a, oh wow! And, and it's like, and I just, and it's like, there's something, and it's like, I love like the malleability of sound in songs to mean different things in different mm -hmm. contexts, and like this was just like, this is such a reminder every night when I do it of that, where it's like. This still just feels right, even though the mm -hmm. words are, yeah. are clearly clearly God. off. Yeah, I man, we're like the same person. Um, so I did an episode of this where <laughs> Nina Dante interviewed me. It's on Patreon. I haven't. I don't know if I'll ever release it in the public. We'll see. I don't know. If people want to hear it, but my answer to this question it was it was a Tom Waits song, but it was the exact same reason. It was because I sang it to my daughter when yeah. she was a baby, and I, I don't still sing it. She would probably kill me but um but it was the same thing like and it was a tom Waits song it was hold on was the song and it's like and it's <laughs> yes it's like such a like it's the same it's like this really kind of dark song but in a way but in the context it's like i don't know and it's it's the still the song that like I, means the most to me because we, we we might be the same person because <laughs> i love that song. oh it's a great song just just oh man uh, yeah. yeah i I have no tattoos, but there was a point in my life where I almost got a tattoo that said, like, if you live it up, don't live it down. Or wait, what is it? Live it up, you won't live it down. Whatever yeah. the lyric of the song is, because I just love that song and love that lyric, but I ain't played it. Yeah, but So Hot is, that's awesome. I love that story. I love, I mean, Spaceman 3, I, perfect band. Perfect, exactly. Uh, yeah. uh, and I don't even, like, I don't remember when I, how I first heard them. I feel like they've just, they're just a band in my head has just always been there. <laughs> like, they you, you know what you know what's funny is that i actually had a weird experience when i was like a teenager i was like super into the the stooges and trying to figure out their lineage and where that mm -hmm. went and then it's like and then it's like oh yeah spaceman 3 has some of that like just reading about it and then like i remember listening to it i was like this doesn't sound like the stooges. You know, i'm like 16 <laughs> or whatever but then like so it took me a little bit where it's like wow how did i totally miss <laughs> my younger years of like not understanding this just weren't ready Yep. Just work. Yeah, That's yeah. the way it goes. Yeah. All right. Well, bringing things to the close here. What is, at least at this moment in time, what is your favorite song? Uh, My Bloody Valentine to Hear Knows When. Just, it yeah. feels, it just feels like falling in love, you know, just <laughs> fully, just fully enveloping. Just, it's, I mean, this has probably honestly been my answer for, I don't know, at least, <laughs> at least two decades. <laughs> like, like, it's just, it's just, yeah, it is what it is. In in yeah. our world, everyone knows it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't there's diminish a reason. its power at all. Exactly. Yeah. Like I, it's like, yeah, that's yeah. that's it. That's there are certain there are certain songs that, and like certain pieces of music that are like ubiquitous and like part of the zeitgeist for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, and this yeah. is one of them. It's just like yeah, it's so it's like pure maximalism, in yeah. the best way. Uh, yeah. 
Nobody, nobody, and nobody has figured out how to like make music like this to that wraps itself around you like my bloody Valentine did. Like, no. there, there's music that does it in different ways, but not like this. No, um, no, no. And I just, I also love just like obviously there's been endless stories about the recording of this album, but to like the decision to like leave off drums and just have this perfect tambourine just it's like it's just like so yeah. subtle but like so, oh it's so perfect just sitting there in the mix while everything swirls around it it's uh yeah and and like and when you think like obviously you know knowing what it sounds like it's like yeah but like in the moment to do that is an insane decision <laughs> Like, yes, 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 it like, is. Yeah. But and when they play it live now, it's like there's huge booming percussion dr- like over right. the whole track. And I'm just like, okay, that's an interesting. Yeah, it's totally, it's very, it's just, yeah, it's not the same. Like it's still, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think it's still rips, but it's like, it's yeah. not the same. It's not the same. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, can't argue with that. Well, this has been wonderful. We've realized that we're, the same person in a lot of ways so that's always fun um <laughs> but yeah so okay the record is it's out now it's been out for a hot minute on debacle records of course um someday there will be another one anything else like coming up that you want to mention or oh, just, no thanks thanks brad thanks to sam for putting out the the lp on debacle yeah well everybody should go listen to it because anybody who is a reader of foxy digitalis would i'm pretty certain would quite enjoy it so ryan thanks a million thanks so much take care once again thank you thank you thank you to ryan potts aka aquarel for taking the time um and really being thoughtful about his list it's funny i actually i approached him about this back in i think august and it was a couple months later that he was like okay i got my list and then it took us a month to find time to record but um he really i, I really just appreciate how much he, he put into it and and all that and i think it really shows and a lot of great conversation the, the patreon section of this one is really great um we got into it, it kind of went off the rails a little bit and it, it it's longer than i think any other patreon section but um something to consider you know hey sign up for the patreon patreon.com slash foxy digitalis you get to hear that a whole lot more um as always there is a playlist of all of ryan's picks in the show notes and if you are listening to this on the rss.com songs of our lives site which is like kind of the main site there are chapters and each chapter lines up to where we talk about each question and there's a link directly from the chapter to the song um so something to try out if you're you know listening on your computer or on your phone and not driving please don't do that while you're driving don't need that um yeah Okay, I think that's about it today. You all know where you can find me. Uh, Foxy Digital is on various social media. Shoot me an email, send me a voicemail. Um, and again, join the Patreon. And uh, thanks for kind of being on this ride so far this year. We got a lot of really awesome episodes. I mean, we've there's been a lot of really awesome episodes, but there's even more awesome episodes. That's really hard to say, awesome episodes. You want to say opum episodes which is even harder to say, but that's anyway, uh, coming up in 2024, which sounds really weird. So, um, keep an eye out for that. And thanks again to Carl Antonowitz for the intro. And until next time, just keep on listening to whatever the hell you want.